0: Even when it's the day of our wedding, it's not just about us. Right. The day that I was ordained a bishop, there were two thousand so, people or something. A lot like of people that, there. in the Cox Center. I was given a play-by-play. <laughs> yeah, you were doing <laughs> the is play-by-play.
1: Hilarious. Try to imagine, guys. Try to imagine giving a play-by-play at Mass. <laughs> you're
0: like,
1: and now the gifts. You feel like you're a golf. You're a golf announcer. The gifts are being possessed. That's yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> well, but. But even the size and the number of people there helped everyone to understand and helped me to understand this is not about me primarily.
1: The Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. I'm Adam Minahan as we continue, welcome back as we continue to talk about marriage, marriage prep, engagement, when to date, when not to date. I, we're hitting, we're covering the whole spectrum or at least hopefully covering, it's, scratching the surface of the whole spectrum.
0: It's taken us as long as it takes to get married <laughs> yeah. to talk about.
1: Here's six months worth of uh, yeah. <laughs> Tulsa Time.
0: <laughs> but uh, we we did finally get the couple that we we're talking about to the point of the ceremony. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, my first wedding, the first wedding I did as a priest, I worked with a couple. They were going to convalidate a a marriage. They'd already been married uh, about 12 years. They had two children. Uh They were going to convalidate a marriage. And I talked with them. You know, we did all the marriage preparation work, and I talked with them about the... Uh, what, the propriety of her coming down the aisle in a long white dress, Mm -hmm. given that her two children are going to be accompanying her down the aisle. And the point of the long white dress is the virginal white dress and so forth. She's already married with two children. Right. And so we agreed, or at least I thought we had agreed, that (laughs) it would be better, uh, perhaps, more seemly, if she wore a very simple, stylish dress. Mm -hmm. We get to the day of the wedding, Uh, 40 minutes late. I'm standing at the front of the church, 40 minutes late, after Mm -hmm. the time the the wedding's supposed to start. They haven't shown up yet. Uh, Then this car pulls in, and they begin to unpack her out of the car Mm -hmm. because she's in the whole big dress with the train and the whole thing. And it takes a couple of minutes to get her out of the car with all the dress and the train and everything and the kids. Then someone looks up and notices that the videographer was not there yet. And they literally, with me watching, put her back in the car, backed the car back away from the front of the church, got the video guy set up, and filmed the arrival again. All of this starting 40 minutes late. And I was saying to myself as a young priest standing in the back of the church, I'm either going to decide here and now that this kind of thing is not going to bother me, or I'll die young and unhappy as a priest. <laughs> because it was it was a little amazing that they just, it didn't occur to them that this is, there are some problems here.
1: Right. You're like, where, did, where in seminary did they teach me this? You know?
0: So so perhaps that's not the best way to launch into uh, talking about the marriage ceremony itself, but it does. It does. I hope in a lighthearted way. I mean, right. it, it was a lighthearted moment. Um, it does remind us of one thing that even when it's the day of our wedding, it's not just about us. Right. The day that I was ordained a bishop, there were. Two thousand people, or something—a lot like of people that, there. in the Cox Center. I
1: was given a play-by-play.
0: <laughs> yeah, <you> we
1: <were> doing <laughs> the is play-by-play. hilarious. Try to imagine, guys. Try to imagine giving a play-by-play at mass. <laughs> you're like, and oh, now the gifts. You feel like you're a golf, you're a golf announcer. The gifts are being possessed, at you?
0: That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, but but even the size and the number of people there helped everyone to understand, and helped me to understand. This is not about me primarily. Mm-hmm. I'm here and being ordained as a bishop to serve these people. That's the point. Uh, The same thing happens at a priest's ordination or a deacon's ordination, and a similar thing is going on in a wedding. The, The couple that's coming to give the sacrament to each other is ideally coming in the midst of the Catholic community, of their parish community, the community of faith, and the community of faith is joining them, and the community of faith is depending on them, but it's not just about them. It's about what Jesus is doing in their life, and it's about them, yes, but not only about them. And so that's an important thing to keep in mind uh, as the couple works with the church's minister to plan the ceremony, because the sacrament of marriage is a rite just like the, the rite of mass. Um, uh, people are used to the idea that at mass, it proceeds from this to that, to this to that, to this to that. Mm-hmm. There are some elements that can be uh, customized in a way, but most of it is given, right? Mm-hmm. We teach the seminarians... Uh, Say the black, do the red, right? right. Right. It's not your job, it's not your mass Mm -hmm. to simply invent. Right. You may be the one celebrating the mass, but the mass belongs to the church, it's not yours to change. Similarly with weddings, uh, it's not for the couple to come in with the idea that, uh, okay, I've seen lots of weddings, I want mine to be this way, I don't want it to be that and I don't wanna have this and I don't wanna do that. Um, a bride one time approached me right before the wedding and had changed her mind that they wanted to have entrance an entrance hymn. They had said they didn't, but had changed her mind that they wanted to have an entrance hymn what we would call an entrance him yeah and she said could we play that I have someone here with a boombox could we play Steve Perry and the band Journey singing faithfully for the entrance and I said no, no you can't. we couldn't do that oh and she was so angry and through the whole wedding I was just she was burning holes in me <laughs> but I was trying to protect her because years from now, that would seem kind of silly. I think. Right.
1: It would not be fitting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in the moment, it may have seemed right, and of course, I love Steve Perry. I tried to grow my (laughs) hair as long as Steve Perry when I was young, but oh come on, where's the picture of that? I'd like (laughs) that. But uh, that's not the time or place, right? That's the the perfect thing to play at the reception. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's another thing that can help with the wedding planning is to keep in mind that if there are things like that particular music that you just think you got to have or, um, you know, particular ways of doing flowers or whatever, the reception is always there. You can do that at the reception. What the the minister is going to help you do is to plan appropriate music, music that uh, is in the repertoire of the church, which is pretty broad, Mm -hmm. Uh, to plan the readings, the the best readings to use. Uh, He'll probably want to talk to you about yourselves and your life together to gain some insights for the homily. Uh, And then the vows. He's going to help you understand how we're going to do the vows and the exchange of rings. Sometimes couples want to write their own vows. Mm -hmm. It's really dicey. Uh, And what's best is to use the vows the church gives you. If you're going to write the vows, first say the vows the church gives you, then you can say vows to each other. But the vows as the church has written them contain the elements that are needed to express that free, fruitful uh, consent uh, or that free, informed consent that forms the sacrament. Mm Mm-hmm. And And you should
1: take those seriously, right? I mean, oh yeah, because I mean, you're you're making those vows to God, right, and to His Church. Everybody there, you know that you know Haley's sitting there looking, and I'm I'm saying that I'm going to honor her for all the days of her you know of our lives together. Mm -hmm. Was honor me, you know, like you should really take really think about, and that I think that's a great thing to do. Uh, you know, a week before the wedding, as yes. as as you're preparing for the ceremony, yes. is to meditate on these things. Like, what does this actually
0: look like? Yeah, you know, I often advised couples to plan for a day in the week before the wedding, <clears throat> if they possibly could, mm-hmm. to plan a day where they could go away and be alone, mm-hmm. a, a sort of a retreat day. You know, priests are expected to take a week long retreat before they're ordained. Mm -hmm. the same for deacons, well, the couple should plan some time where they could go away, and a fruitful thing to do is to bring the readings that they've chosen and to bring those vows, and to be saying those vows to each other before they get married, practicing being able to do that, Mm -hmm. because there is an intimacy that is involved in uh, bearing my soul to this person that I'm marrying in saying these vows Mm -hmm. that is powerful. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that helps couples do is to say them at the wedding without becoming completely emotional.
1: Right, the emotional wreck.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that sometimes makes a couple very nervous, Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of that. Um, Some practical things to think of uh, again, have to do with not allowing too much of the culture to encroach on the wedding, or at least the, the elements of the culture that are not mm, uh, seemly. Mm-hmm. So w- one is to think in terms of modesty in terms of the dress. Right. The, in terms of the bride's dress and in terms of the bridesmaid's dresses. Um, I would say uh, it is possible, because I've seen it done so often, mm-hmm it is possible to create a very beautiful and stylish dress that is still completely modest. Absolutely. Uh, It's not necessary for the bride to be very exposed. It's definitely not necessary for the bridesmaids. And one thing to think about in terms of the dress and in in terms of the bridesmaids and even the choice of the bridesmaids is these days we have lots of tattoos. That's a part of the culture Mm -hmm. too. And without getting into the the ethics and morality <laughs> of tattoos, we can do that another episode. episode.
1: Yeah, we'll bring Father Sean O'Brien in. He's he he's, he can
0: help us with that. Yeah. But without getting into that, just the practical thing: what are the tattoos that might be exposed depending on what dress they're wearing, and are those seemly? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are they going to be seemly in the wedding? Do right. you want? those tattoos exposed in the wedding these people are going to be standing up there um, another uh, element is to consider the needs of the parish because sometimes the parish has multiple weddings or multiple masses on that day and they have to limit uh, the, for instance the arrangements of flowers or things like that mm mm-hmm. Uh, You know, one can come at that and say, well, it's going to be my wedding, and I want it this way, and it's got to be this way, and blah, blah, blah. Think about the needs of the parish, too. They're trying to accommodate multiple people who have these multiple uh, needs. Can we work together at that? Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the reasons to be sort of simple with those things is, for one thing, it saves you some money. Right, yeah. But also because... Some of the designs don't actually work. Um, another another wedding that I did one time, the groomsman was an engineer, and he worked so hard to make these really amazing light boxes. They were made out of about six or eight-inch diameter glass tubes, about three foot tall, okay, filled with flowers and water. And at And each of them sat on a box that was a light box that shone light up through the tube. Oh, cool. So it lit up these flowers and water from below. And there were about six of them lining the the aisle. Mm -hmm. And when I saw them, I thought, this is going to be a disaster. I don't know how, but somehow this is going to be a disaster. (laughs) And we made it through the wedding fine until the very end. And the photographer was backing up oh, down the no. aisle, filming the bride and groom as they're leaving, and sure enough, he backed into one. And it went over with a loud whoosh, uh-huh. and water and flowers went everywhere. Oh, man. So think about those kinds of things yeah. beforehand. It's not necessary to do them. Right. And so sometimes simpler can be better. There's yeah. a, a certain dignity in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, you want me to throw out a couple sure
1: yeah uh show gratitude to the the ones who are working them what helping with the wedding uh right some of those church members you know, people who are working there they are, it's probably their day off it could be a saturday or sunday they're n- right. not with their family uh they're probably not getting paid it's probably a volunteer spot you know right. so show you know show some gratitude and maybe even get them some flowers or some some, some token of appreciation yeah Uh, Another thing that was really good, uh, helpful was the people that you invite to the Mass uh, beforehand, before the ceremony beforehand, let them know, if you're not Catholic, here's kind of, here's what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, So that way, they know kind of what they're getting into, you know, and Mm -hmm. and what's going to be taking place and uh, how communion works, Um, you know, so that I think is is beneficial, especially whenever you have multiple different religious families sure. uh, in, in the church.
0: And the couple can ask the the uh, priest, celebrant of the mass, mm-hmm. to make a little announcement at communion. We usually did that. Mm-hmm. Simply to explain to people what to do. Right. Uh, the people who are there are wanting to honor the traditions of this church that they're in. If they're not Catholic, they may not know them. Right. Uh, they just need some explanation of what should I do? Should I go up or not go up? If right. I go up, what should I do? And so forth. So right. you give some little instruction. Um, the other thing that's important is to understand and then really abide by the the uh, what we should call the rules that the church has regarding things like photography mm-hmm. or things like um, uh, throwing rice or seeds or things at the end of the ceremony, uh, there may be very important reasons that the couple may not understand why, for instance, the church doesn't allow rice or birdseed. Maybe the church had a parishioner slip and fall right. because of rice or birdseed or something. So it's not necessary to know the reasons why, but simply to ab- abide by what the, the mm. parish is asking. Um, and, and then uh, to have the time of your life in other words again that's that's the benefit of this retreat day is to have prepared spiritually for this moment because the moment itself is so intensely um, powerful that you you get lost in it Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be worried about that you don't want to be worried that gosh if what if it doesn't go and all this it's going to be beautiful, no matter what. So don't worry about all of that. Don't worry if something doesn't go exactly right, if someone doesn't do the right thing or say the right thing or any of that. Uh, have the time of your life. God is going to be with you in it. The pictures are going to be beautiful, so don't get too caught up in all the the photography and all the things. Photographers uh, can be sometimes aggressive right in a way that harms the ceremony right and so it's important that the photographer knows from the parish what he can or cannot do or what she where she could go or couldn't go uh, are drones allowed or not Uh, you know all of that uh, is important to know and uh with those with those uh Sort of uh, reflections. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ceremony can be a beautiful ceremony, one that you'll, of course, have videos of and right. all, all the all the you can stuff. look back on all your life.
1: Yeah, a lot of times, one of the guy somebody told me before, uh, on my wedding day, he said he told me try to engage as many senses as possible uh, during the ceremony. help you remember it because it's a it happens so fast Mm -hmm. right you prepare for so long and then boom it's over and all of a sudden you you realize oh my goodness the the night's over you know so he said to help remember you know think about the way it smells think about what you're hearing Mm -hmm. uh the the sight of of your of your spouse you know just try to engage as many senses as possible to help Mm -hmm. Uh, jog your memory. And then he also, kind of tongue-in-cheek, he said, and also invite everybody that's not in state, so that way they they send you a present.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is one of the benefits of of belonging to a liturgical church, the Mm -hmm. Catholic Church. One of the benefits for the bride and groom is that the ceremony is almost all there. You don't have to plan any of it. It's all sort of given. Mm -hmm which allows you to set to, to relax and settle in. Uh, I would feel sorry for couples who had to come at this with a f- blank sheet and plan, okay, let's do this and then next we'll do that. Then you got to try to remember all that. then you got to hope that it all goes off correctly and so right. On. Yeah. So um, being able to have a ceremony that is there for you mm-hmm. and then you relax into it. Uh, is, I think, a much easier way to do it. Absolutely.
1: Any last thoughts?
0: No, I think those are are, uh, ways for us to help. Of course, uh, people watching uh, who've seen these episodes may have lots of questions, further questions, happy to... Talk further about it, yep. but uh, we got we, we got a couple yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh So, well, thank you so much for tuning in to Tulsa Time with Bishop Condola. Uh Give us a review, give us a rate, maybe uh, comment, and let us know what your th- what your thoughts are. We'll see you next week.
0: Eastern Oklahoma Catholic Podcast
1: is brought to you by the Office of Communications at the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma.